Welcome to the Physiatry Podcast, where we discuss topics in physical medicine, rehabilitation, pain management, traumatic brain injury, and sports medicine all in one. We focus on delivering the best, unbiased information to our audience. Today is podcast number 22. Today, we're going to talk about psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, and we're going to talk about biologics. And I'm going to talk a little bit about COVID-19 and biologics because there's been a little bit of uproar about biologics in the news recently and how one of these new biologics is actually treating patients with COVID-19 that are having shortness of breath and it's helping them out. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So here we go for podcast number 22. So let's talk about psoriasis first. Psoriasis is a very common disorder. It happens to about 2 to 3% of the world's population and about 2.2% of the people in the United States. There is absolutely no cure at this time, but treatment can greatly reduce symptoms even in serious cases. Recent studies have shown that when you have better control of the inflammation of psoriasis, your risk of heart disease, stroke, metabolic syndrome, and other diseases with inflammation may also go down. Now, psoriasis is caused by an unknown immune reaction that causes inflammation, which causes skin cells to form too quickly. It is considered to be in the type of rheumatologic condition that we talked about, like rheumatoid arthritis because it has psoriatic arthritis, which is also associated with it. I'll get into that in a few minutes. Now, with psoriasis, instead of normal skin cells that are replaced every 10 to 30 days, psoriasis um, patients actually have new cells that grow every three to four days. The buildup of these old cells being replaced by the new cells creates silver scales that are that are shown in psoriasis. Now, things that can trigger an outbreak can be some sort of stress, cuts, scrapes or surgery, strep infections, medications, including blood pressure medications like beta blockers and hydroxychloroquine. There are at least four types of psoriasis. And the first type of psoriasis is called the simple plaque psoriasis. This is the most common variety and it causes plaques of red skin, often covered with silver colored scales. These are itchy and painful as I talked about those scales that happen because the skin is replaced more often. Now, 10 to 30% of people with psoriasis also have psoriatic arthritis. And again, I'll get into that in a few minutes. And this is a painful swelling in joints that is similar to things like rheumatoid arthritis, but are a little bit different. And I'll get into that again. So there's other types of psoriasis, which includes postular psoriasis, which is actually tiny pustules on the palms and, and hands of the soles and the feet. There's also guttate psoriasis, which also starts in childhood and young adulthood. And that can cause small red spots. And they can be caused by respiratory infections, strep throat, tonsillitis, stress, injury to skin, and also taking anti-malarial or beta blocker uh, medications. Inverse psoriasis, which makes bright red shiny lesions instead of the silver lesions. And erythrodermic psoriasis, which causes fiery redness of the skin and shedding of scales and sheets. It's triggered by sunburn, infections, certain medications, stopping some types of psoriasis treatment. So it needs to be treated immediately because it can lead to pretty severe illness. Luckily for psoriasis, there are many types of treatments. Some of them may include steroid creams, 
moisturizers for dry skin, coal tar, which can be a common treatment for scalp psoriasis, scalp psoriasis, sorry about that, available in lotions, creams, foams, shampoos, and bath solutions. There's also retinoid creams. Now, treatments for moderate to severe psoriasis include light therapy, which a doctor can shine ultraviolet light on your skin to grow, uh, to slow the growth of skin cells. This combines medicine called uh, Soralen, P-S-O-R-A-L-E-N, with a special form of uh, ultraviolet light can also be used for this. Uh, Methotrexate is another type of treatment. This can cause liver issues and a chest x-ray, liver biopsy may need to be done if you're getting started on methotrexate. Retinoids are much more uh, significant Medications, these are used for, uh, they're actually related to vitamin A. They're not recommended for women that are pregnant or who are having children or about to have children. This is for more severe cases. There's also biologic treatments, which I'm going to get into all sorts of biologic treatments in a few minutes. There's also an enzyme inhibitor. This is called Otesla, which you've probably seen on TV recently. It's uh, The generic name is a premolast, and it's a new kind of drug for long-term inflammatory diseases like psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. It's a actual pill that blocks a specific enzyme, which is a little bit different than psoriasis and the other, uh, a little bit different than the other biologics that we were talking about. Now let's talk a little bit about psoriatic arthritis. This is a form of arthritis that affects people that specifically have psoriasis. It's a condition that features red patches of skin topped with silvery scales. That's psoriasis. Now, if you have psoriasis and you have joint pain, stiffness, and swelling, you could have osteoarthritis, which is different. But if you have joint pain, stiffness, and swelling, that is much worse than you would think for osteoarthritis, meaning that you have stiffness in the morning for more than 30 minutes after you get up and it doesn't quite go away it gets worse these are things that can be associated with psoriatic arthritis now psoriatic arthritis and psoriasis are chronic diseases that get worse over time and there may be times of of uh, time where you have remission and times where your symptoms actually become worse now psoriatic arthritis causes swollen fingers and toes can cause foot pain, can cause lower back pain. And this is actually very common in many of the autoimmune arthritis type things, which actually cause what's called sacroiliitis or low back pain. This is why you would come and see a physician like me that's a pain doctor, and I could see that you have sacroiliitis, which is pretty common with, again, any autoimmune type arthritis. And this may include rheumatoid arthritis, which we talked about last time, psoriatic arthritis. Other things may also happen like uh, ankylosing spondylitis. We'll talk about that at some other date. Complications of psoriatic arthritis can be quite severe, including arthritis mutilans, a severe, painful, disabling form of the disease. Over time, the arthritis mutilans can destroy the small bones in the hands, especially the fingers, leading to permanent deformity and disability. People who have psoriatic arthritis sometimes can also develop eye problems such as pink eye or uveitis, which can cause painful reddened eyes and blurred vision. They're also at higher risk for cardiovascular disease. Since this is an inflammatory condition, you would think that cardiovascular disease may also be associated with inflammatory conditions, which in all of the readings and all the information that I have known, cardiovascular disease is definitely 
involved with inflammation. And therefore, for people that have cardiovascular disease, an anti-inflammatory diet and thinking about anti-inflammatories may be a good idea. Now, that doesn't mean taking ibuprofen, which is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medication, is a good idea because that can actually increase your blood pressure. But that's enough about inflammation and psoriatic arthritis. Now I want to talk a little bit more about immunologic medications and biologic medications. So what are biologic medications really? So these medications are semi-synthesized from biological sources. And if you think about it, these can include vaccines, blood, just plain old blood, blood components, allergenic somatic cells, gene therapies, tissues, recombinant therapeutic protein, and living medications used in cell therapy. So biologics are now $65.2 billion investments. This was in 2008. So by now, this is incredibly increased. If we think about the major kind of biopharmaceuticals, we have blood factors, thrombolytic agents like tissue plasmogen activator, which is called TPA, which if someone has a stroke and they have had the stroke within four or six hours, you take them to the emergency room and they inject this stuff called TPA or tissue plasmogen activator, which actually causes the clot to burst and can cause the effects of the stroke to get better. They may not fully get better, but they do get better. Hormones like insulin, glucagon, growth hormone, gonadotropins, these are all biologics. Hematopoietic growth factors like erythropoietin, which is what um, they talk about when when the cyclists were using to dope, they're actually using EPO, EPO or erythropoietin to help with their blood cell count. Interferons. Now, interferon alpha, beta, gamma, these are different types of alphas uh, or different types of interferons. Now, one of the new treatments that has been touted for COVID-19 is an interferon beta and this has been given in a nebulized form. If you've ever had a nebulizer for asthma where they give you this mist that has medication in it, this interferon beta has been delivered in this mist for patients that are having trouble with breathing. And it's actually helped in the study on in the Lancet that was recently done. The small company in the UK developed this interferon beta and it helped uh, more than 70% of patients with COVID-19 symptoms, including shortness of breath. Now, there have been other types of biologics, and these have been used, made with recombinant DNA, and has helped many different patients. So if we talk about which ones have been done that are for patients that have rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis. One of the medications is called Humira, which is a monoclonal antibody, and it works against what's called tumor necrosis factor, and it's an antagonist to tumor necrosis factor, which can cause inflammation. So this one is uh, used for rheumatoid arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, psoriatic arthritis, psoriasis, ulcerative colitis, and Crohn's disease. There's another newer one that we talked about, um, Orencia, which is also used for rheumatoid arthritis. And this decreases T-cell deactivation. That's known as abatacept, 
I'm really bad at saying these names, so excuse me if I say them wrong. There's another one called AMAV for chronic plaque psoriasis, which is an immunoglobin G1 fusion protein, and we don't know exactly how that works. There are many, many more like this. There is also the medication that some people have heard of that is used for Hercept for breast cancer, it's called Herceptin or Trazatumab, which is a humanized monoclonal antibody towards the HER2 receptor, which is one that's involved in cancer. So these immunologics or biologics, I should say, are not only used towards things like rheumatoid arthritis and COVID-19, but can be used towards things like breast cancer. And actually, they have been used for many other things, including things like um, breast cancer, uh, lung cancer, and and uh, multiple myeloma and other types of cancers. And this is making these cancers much less terrible and much less of a killer and more of a thing that can last for a long time. So finally, I just wanted to talk about pain management and biologic medications quickly. Now, Pain management has been traditionally treated and chronic pain patients has been, have been traditionally treated with opioids and other medications that can cause harmful side effects, including acetaminophen and NSAIDs. And NSAIDs, as I said, can increase blood pressure. Acetaminophen can cause chronic liver toxicity. So where do biologics come in when we talk about chronic pain? There are different inflammatory markers that have been shown in patients with chronic pain. And these inflammatory markers have been isolated and found. Now, we don't have any good biologic treatments as of yet for chronic back pain or chronic neck pain or chronic any type of pain. Now, there are some things that are in development for these treatments or for these conditions. So I just wanted to briefly talk about that and that we will be seeing things sooner rather than later in the treatment for chronic pain and biologics. There's also biologic treatments for osteoarthritis that are coming out. There is one in development with one of my parent companies, Neurovations, where they're doing a trial of a biologic in knee pain. If you have questions about this, please send me an email info at painlessnx.com and I will connect you with the people that have more information about that. In any case, thank you for listening to the Visiatry podcast. This is podcast number 22. This is your host, Dr. Avinash Ramchandani. I will be doing these probably once every other week. So I hope to see you in two weeks. Thank you and have a good couple weeks. Stay safe, stay masked, and be happy. Thank you. Bye.